time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all time great and two time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another week of SBL Shootaround. And Randy, I don't know about you, but I'm probably more excited for this show than I have been for any other that we, we've brought. We've got to we've got to double figures. We've got to episode 10 now on our show. And as we announced last week, we've got an incredibly special guest. If you don't know who it is yet, I'll let you announce it in a little while. But this is a, a real special, special guest of the, the highest order. So can't wait to get to that. But... We've also got plenty of action from the West Coast Classic to look at. Round two is now in the books. We've got round three to preview. And of course, thanks to Wandering Distillery, we'll announce our player of the week as well. So a huge show here to look forward to on SBL Shootaround. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host. But the man with all the basketball knowledge that you could ever hope for and the Goldfields Giants legend, Mandra Magic, two times coach of the year, two times grand final coach, Randy Meagle. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah, great, uh, great interview we've got coming up with uh, Tully Bevilacqua. Mm. Uh, look forward to talking to her about all different things. You know, her her upbringing in Meriden through to SBL, uh, WNBL, and of course the WNBA. You can imagine what her trophy cabinet's like. <laughs> just looking through, uh, she's played for some some teams over the time there. Just running through there, there's at least what I don't know, twelve or thirteen different teams she's yeah. played for. So, a remarkable player with um, probably having some great have a, have a great story for us. Yeah, I can't wait to speak to her. It's such an honour for her, for someone of her calibre to join us here on SBL Shootaround. And I mean, the fact that she's won three championships here locally in the SBL, three in the WNBL, one which we'll talk to her about later on. Unfortunately, she was sidelined for, but she was there for, for two of them with the Canberra, Canberra Capitals. And she's even won a championship in the WNBA. She's won a, won a gold medal at the World Championships for, for Australia. She's been to the Olympic Games and she's still heavily involved in the WNBA right now, which we'll talk to her, to her about. But that's... What she's done on in a basketball sense only sort of touches the surface. There's so much to talk to her about. She is she's not just one of WA's great basketball play, players. She's one of WA's great all-time sports people. So it's a, a great honour for us to, to talk to her. Yeah, can't wait. Now, also on this show, the play of the week went very well last week. Stacey Barr winning the Wandering Distillery play of the week, getting a $50 voucher for the shoe bar. That's an incredible price. So we'll make sure you get your hands on that very shortly, Stacey. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so exciting that we've got so much to look forward to. And again, round two of the West Coast Classic, some fascinating results and took in some action, including seeing the, the Perth Redbacks look pretty good out in their first home game on Friday night. You had a look at the Mandarin Magic, get a get a pretty commanding win on, on Saturday night over over the East Perth Eagles so I think it's just going to be the case where in this West Coast Classic some teams are going to be able to field teams that are pretty close to what are SBL squads and and some clubs are really going down the path of of using this as a development season and we're getting some blowouts but we're getting some good results as well and and we're starting to see probably the top teams really start to, to take shape. Yeah, I think so. I think there's probably three or four teams that are going to gap the remainder of the teams. They seem to be in it to win it and have got a lot of talent, a lot of class. And then, you know, you've got a group in the middle and then I think there's, you know, three or four down the bottom that are using it for, for development reasons and, you know, are going to have some losses, but they're also going to bring along some kids along the way. In a game like you saw on Saturday night where a team like East Perth only scores 31 points, can you still take some positives out of that if you're Blake Strudev or... Is that a game that you completely wipe from the memory? Well, just watching that game, Blake would have been really disappointed. You could tell, you know, on his face and his body language and stuff, he tried to keep keep positive as he could, but the girls just weren't weren't delivering. You know, you just have a look at that uh, three-point percentage, which, you know, I made note of to yeah. one of my friends I was sitting with, you know, that they just couldn't buy by a three-point shot. Zero of 22. Zero of 22, five of 14 from the free throw and 36 turnovers. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was it was a really scrappy, you know, messy game and, yeah, probably probably disappointing for East Perth considering we, you know, we thought they'd be a lot better than... We thought so. Uh, along the way, yeah, they probably did have a couple of players. I don't think Chenier's daughters played, did they? No, they weren't there, no, no. 
So if you ask Tanya, that was probably the difference. <laughs> they could have actually added 50 more points. That yeah. If our guest from last week, Tanya Fisher, had anything to do with it? Yeah, when I spoke to Craig after the game, Craig Watts, he, he expected to win, but he, he sort of thought it would be closer. And, yep. you know, obviously with those two, two girls not there and possibly some other girls missing it, you know, they really had to go deep down into their rotations mm. that night. Now, before we get into deciding our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week, that's, we've got some WNBL news that do involve some of our local players again, and we've, got, we've been going through this over our first... First, first nine shows so far, Randy. So we'll keep our, our listeners up to date. The first one is is the Perry Lakes Hawks veteran, Nat Burden, who somewhat surprisingly, obviously COVID-19 has meant she's not going to end up be playing in Europe this year, but she won't be playing for the Perth Lynx either. She signed at the Sydney Uni Flames, which came, came as a bit of a surprise. Yeah, well, I think it's a great signing for yep. Sydney. You know, I just mentioned uh, earlier in the sh- in one of the shows whether Nat still had the fire in the belly, you know, to continue at that level, and she obviously has. So, um, yeah, she's definitely going to be a, a big part of the Sydney Uni team. And great to see Taylor Burrows getting to continue her development at the Perth Lynx as well. She She's one of the most exciting young point guards in the country. We saw what she could do with the Rockingham Flames, helping lead them to a championship in the last SBL season. We saw her continue her development this past WM season at the Lynx and great to see her get get some more more opportunity. Yeah, I think the West Coast Classic suits Taya down to the yeah. to a tee. You know, she can get some some momentum back into her game after being you know a little bit stop start last year due to illness and stuff. She had a great game there on uh, Friday night, twenty four points, five rebounds, four steals, and she's in the mix for the Player of the Week, which we'll have to discuss well, in a while. It's a, it's, a, it's a perfect transition. Let's get straight to it now. So I've got some candidates here for the Wandering Distillery Player of the Week for Round Two. As we did last week, I'll run through the nominees and then we'll have a discussion to see who is the winner. And it's a, it's a prize that you want to win now that there's actually something something at stake and there's something you can actually put your hands on. It's not just a not just a token award. So this could take on its own life now over the next next seven or eight weeks, Randy. First of all, um, as I said, I saw her in action myself in person on Friday night. Jess Jenkins for the Perth Redbacks. She 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 was the MVP of that game against Coburn. And, and even though they lost the next night against the Perry Lakes Hawks, she still was was her team's best player. So over those two. Games, she put up 40 points and 22 rebounds. As you touched on, Taya Burrows for the Rockingham Flames. She had a really good game: 24 points, five rebounds, four steals. Um, for the Wilden Tigers, this is a this is a girl with untapped potential who's who's come back a little bit early from college. I guess at some point she'll have a decision to make if she goes back to college or if she looks to start her professional career. But Imogen Ailiff is a player with huge potential, and she started this West Coast Classic season very impressively, and she had 20 points, seven rebounds in a win for her team. Another player that played two games over the weekend, Sarah Donovan for the Perry Lakes Hawks, and very mixed results. They had a big loss to Lakeside, but then had a big win over the Redbacks, and she she put up 27 points, 14 rebounds, five assists over those two games. Kelly Bailey, somebody who's always been a role player of the Mandarin Magic, but now with the, the players missing, she's somebody that is, is probably now relied on to be a really important player on that team, and she had, she had a good weekend. Again, mixed results, but she performed really well. 26 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, five steals. Jada Clark a name that might not be that familiar, but without without Michaela Dyer and, and Sam Roscoe and a couple of others that we might have expected to be playing for the Warwick Senators, she stepped up really impressively in their, their big win over the Slammers. She had 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. And Kayla Steindl up with the Joondalup Wolves. They had a good win over the Coburn Cougars, and she had 24 points and 8 rebounds. Now, before we discuss Randy, is there anyone you'd like to add that I might have missed. Yeah, I think uh, Ash Eisenbarger. Yep. Okay, once again, 16 points and 14 rebounds. I mean, mm. 14 rebounds against For the sure. Hawks is a, yeah. a solid effort against that tall lineup. So she's in really good form. Yeah. Um, there was another individual game there by Shani Hartree from the Redbacks, 22 yeah, points, was. seven rebounds. And then, you know, Stacey's had 21 points again, which is good. And also Chelsea Belcher, who I mentioned last week, got on the board as well. So those girls are all in really good, good form are. at the moment. But I can't disagree with those main contenders. Yep. Just on Eisenberger quickly. I wanted to get your thoughts. After after I saw her play last Friday night, I wrote an article for the SBL website focusing on how I feel like WNBL teams are missing the boat by not signing her. Is she somebody that should be signed? Is she too good not to be playing in the WNBL? Well, I think she is. I think she's a great player. You know, she's a good good defender. She's the right side. She's athletic. You know, I, th- I think uh, she'd be a great 
fit for for the links. Well, yeah, the links or anybody. I mean, there's no reason why mm. any club couldn't sign her. I mean, mate, she hasn't been signed yet, but yeah, there's still time. So, well, she's putting her best foot forward. Absolutely, she's putting her hand up, so. and she's doing what players across the rest of the country aren't able to do now and actually play. Yeah. So I think that's a great bonus of this West Coast Classic, where players in WA are getting a huge, a huge boost over the rest of the country, which is which is fantastic. But now back to our. Play of the week, thanks to Wandering Distillery. I assume you're going to make me choose first again, Randy? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've narrowed it down to two. So I've got it down to Jess Jenkins for both of her performances and, and Taya Burrows for her, her game as point guard leading the Flames. Before I pick out of those two, are you picking out of those two? Or have uh, you got yeah. somebody else? No, I'm picking out of those two. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Jess Jenkins just because she played twice and was able to... I think it shows a lot of heart to still play well when your team's not playing well. So I give her a lot of credit for what she did on Saturday night as much as she did on Friday night. So Jess Jenkins has got my vote. What do you think? Yep, Jess Jenkins has got my vote as well. There we I've go. seen her in person the week before as well. And uh, yeah, she's she's in really good form, So yeah, which is, is good to see. Yeah, it's fantastic. They've lost a bit of experience. So obviously, Nashaya Williams and Alex Haywood both made the move up to Joondalup. So extra responsibility on her and obviously no imports this year. So she's certainly picking up the slack there for, for the Redbacks. So the Wandering Distillery play of the week for round two is Jess Jenkins for Perth Redbacks, and I think it's—I think anyone would find it pretty tough to, to disagree. No, she's playing really well, and she's starting to get a really good connection there with Maddie Allen now, which yeah. is making them very competitive every week. And this wouldn't be possible without our the great support of Wandering Distillery, and and we'll make sure that she gets a, a special voucher to the shoe bar as well, thanks to Wandering Distillery. But it's fantastic to have have a supporter like them on board because without it, we wouldn't be able to to give out this award. Yeah, well, they're you know a family owned and operated business. The distillery is located in Ladner Street, O'Connor, and they're open for tastings. So if you want to book a taste Listing phone Wade on 0439 131 236 or visit their website at wanderingdistillery.com.au. Absolutely. And in this cold weather, there's, there's nothing quite like sitting back after a long day or night and, and having having a gin. So so make sure you check out their, their products because you'll enjoy them. There's no other reason to, to do it other, other than that. So thanks to Wandering Distillery and well done to Jess Jenkins from the Perth Redbacks. And when we come back, Randy, we'll have a look at all of the results from round two in the West Coast Classic. And then we've got Tully Bervalacqua to look forward to still. Okay, back on SBR Shootaround, and it's time now to have a look at all of the results from round two in the West Coast Classic. Now that we've named our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week, which was Jess Jenkins, let's get straight into her first game of the weekend on Friday night at Belmont Oasis. The Perth Redbacks, their first home game of the season, they were they ended up being too good in an up-and-down game. I saw this one in person, and it was a game of runs where you know the Redbacks would be up 10. All of a sudden, five minutes later, the Cougars were, were up by, by eight, and then the Redbacks got back on top, and eventually the Redbacks got got the win 87 to 71. Yeah, we've spoken about Jess's performance, but also Shana Hartree, 22.7 yeah. rebounds, and Maddie Allen's had a had a you know, solid game there as well, 18 points, 14 rebounds, six assists, and three blocks. Mm. I have to give a quick shout out to Jodie Sante. She's she's played you know 350 plus mm. games in the SBL, but. Every time she's on the court, she's the hardest working player out there. She's a she's just a hell of a warrior for whatever team she plays for. Yeah, she gives 110% every time. You know, in her days with East Perth, you're always going to get a, a, a game against Jody. Next up on Friday night, big win for the Rockingham Flames. Down in Eton, they were too good for the Southwest Slammers, 88 to 43. Yeah, good to see Kate Fielding get some points there yep. for the Slammers. We've spoken about Taya Burrows. Uh, Paris Duffield continues her form um, after getting 20 points in uh, week one and Dina English got 13 against their old team. So good to see her back on the on the floor yeah yeah i was gonna say she's spent a year out of the sbl system but good to see it's good to see her back she's always too good of a player to not be playing at this sort of level yeah um, no i agree and then the willardon tigers back on their home floor they got a win on their new show court there at willardon basketball stadium over the manager magic 75 to 50 yeah we could see this coming um i think uh, simon didn't want to go zero and three to mm. start the season um i think willardon were just too big and you know we've spoken about their core of players that they've got that have been together for a number of years yeah. and um yeah no they they had a really good win there and Willardon fans, stay tuned later in the show. We've got a very special announcement for our guests next next week on the show. So stay tuned for that before we finish up here on SBL Shoot Around. Last game on Friday night, surprisingly big win. I thought I'd, I expected more out of Parallax than than this sort of scoreline. The Lakeside Lightning beat them seventy nine to fifty two. 
Yeah, they were in outstanding form late, yeah. so we should have listened to Craig we earlier, you know, yeah. when we had him had him on the yeah. show. He told us that they were going well and, um, yeah, they're getting the results. Uh, Courtney Mansfield with 16 points, 8 rebounds, and Ash Eisenberger 16 mm. and 14. So, yeah, they're on, a, they're on a real roll at the moment. Yeah, they are. And a tough night for the Hawks, you know, shooting 19 of 67 from the field, 3 of 15 from 3. So, yeah, tough night for them. But as we'll get to, they did bounce back. But first up on Saturday, we touched on this game earlier. The Mandurah Magic, 83. They've been struggling themselves, but they beat the East Perth Eagles, 31. Um, we've touched on it earlier, but yeah, I mean, what did you make of watching it down there uh, in person? I think the good thing about it for Mandurah, I suppose, is they got some points on the board and they had a fairly good spread. Kelly Bailey was outstanding. She would have had, I don't know, maybe first nine or ten points of the game and she was all over the place. Yeah. She was really good. And yeah, like I mentioned before, I think Blake would have been really disappointed in, in what East Perth served up. Good to see Rachel Helene back as well and also good to see Rose Ariang who we talked about she might have been focusing more on netball but good to see her playing for East Perth as well. Yeah she had a busy weekend Uh, she had a netball game Friday night Mm. followed by this game here Saturday night and then another game of netball there (laughs) yesterday afternoon so yeah she'd be sore today I think. (laughs) Absolutely. Warwick Senators they've started this new season very impressively, they they took advantage of a very inexperienced Slammers team who didn't. I don't think they don't think they had either Courtney Bayless or Kate Fielding for this one. Um, the Senators 112, the Slammers 44. Yeah, Jada Clark, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, and Taylor Hepburn's had a good game there with 13 rebounds. Yep. We sort of predicted this last week and we thought Slammers might struggle a little bit on the road and, yep. and, and that's what's happened. So um, they'll be better for that though. I think uh, they come up and play East Perth mm-hmm. this week, which will be a really close game, I'm, I'm predicting. Yeah, it will. Um, somewhat surprising, we're not seeing Michaela Dyer or Sam Roscoe so far for the Senators. Both of them are in town. Yeah, I mean, should we expect them or does it look like they'll be sitting out the, the West Coast Classic? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, Warwick do face Joondalup this week, so um, they may bring them on board yeah. for, for that game. So we'll have to watch that space and yeah. see whether they, they come on. Speaking of the Joondalup Wolves, they had a had a big win down at Wally Hagen Stadium on, on Saturday night, beat the Coburn Cougars 86-48. to yeah, Carla Steindl with 24 points and eight rebounds, which is uh, great to see her back in, in on the court. Um, Michaela Prinny, 18 points. Chelsea Belcher, 11. Asaya Williams, 10. So they had a really good spread, mm. which we expect because we know, you know, know the depth of that yeah. squad. Yeah. Last game, a real reversal for both teams from the night before. So the Redbacks had a good win on Friday. The Perry Lakes got thrashed, but it was the opposite on Saturday night at, at Bendat. So the Perry Lakes Hawks, 71, beat the Perth Redbacks... 51. Yeah, uh, Sarah Donovan, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. When Sarah's having a good game, she's pretty hard to stop. She has games like that, you know. In I, I think she's qu- actually quite underrated, but she's obviously the difference in that game. Um, our player of the week, uh, Jess Jenkins, has had a solid performance, 16 points and 8 rebounds as well. Absolutely. So that, that's round two of the West Coast Classic where we're seeing some really, really standout performances and we're seeing some blowout results. But we expected that because there's just such a difference between the personnel that, that some clubs have available and that some, some clubs don't just because of everything we've been through for the last four months. But yeah, that's that's round two in the books. And it was all brought to you by Bassett Scarf Realty, one of our one of our great supporters here at SBR Shootaround, but our, but our very first supporter to jump on board. So thanks to Adam and his team at Bassett Scarf Realty, they're the best in the business. If you need any of your real estate needs taken care of in the in the Peel and the Mandurah region, then you can go no better than them. And and one thing that I just wanted to let our listeners know of just quickly, there's a fantastic opportunity right now. There's only two blocks available. It's right on the Peel in Inlet. It's it's a new a new area called Blue Rise Cove that Bassett Scarf Realty can help get get you sorted for. So there's two lots available. Um, very well priced, very well sized, and it's a fantastic spot there on the on the Peel in, Inlet. So check it out at BassettScarfRealty.com.au, or you can contact them on on reception at BassettScarf.com.au, or jump on the phone nine five three five one eight Double seven. Mention that you've listened to SBL Shoot Around, and they'll take care of you. And yeah, I mean, what better place could you imagine than buying a brand new block on on that that new set of houses? So thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty for their continued support of SBL Shoot Around. And when we come back, really excited to speak to the legend herself, Tully Bevilacqua. 
Okay, Randy. Now this is this is a, a hell of an honour for us here on SBL Street Around to welcome our our next guest. She's a triple SBL Championship winner, a triple WNBL Championship winner, a WNBA Championship winner, and one one of the greats of Australian basketball, one of the greats of basketball worldwide. So for her to join us here on SBL Street Around is is very humbling, to be honest. So Tully, all the way from Indiana, how do we find you? How do we find you at the moment? Hey, Chris, you, you found me doing really good, just trying to deal with all the pandemic issues and uh, mm. raising two kids amongst it all and trying to keep us all sane <laughs> at the same time. But, hey, I've got, got health, and uh, that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing time in the world, isn't it? Right now here in Western Australia, back in your your old, old home state, we're doing pretty well, but we only have to go down a couple of states in Victoria's right down in in lockdown mode again and there's parts of the United States which are you know going through some incredibly tough times right now but right where you are in Indiana how's the how's COVID-19 being I guess handled? Well it started off pretty good Um, numbers stayed fairly steady but it's kind of like on the uptick right now and the dilemma that we've kind of had is deciding whether or not to go back to e-learning or in classroom um, with our kids. A school here starts um, on the 13th of August, but we've decided to start off with e-learning, just, you know, keeping an eye on the numbers and seeing them go up. Um, I'd rather be a little cautious than anything. Sure. So uh, I'm now going to throw on a teacher's hat once again. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have the full qualification for that one, but <laughs> as long as I just don't get blamed for whatever happens later on in their life. <laughs> oh, um, I'll hand you over to Randy to introduce you as well. He's a he's somebody who followed a, a, a pretty remarkable journey himself in involved in the SBL and basketball in WA and most recently been coaching at the Mandurah Magic up until the last couple of years and he was pretty excited to speak to you. I'm, I'm sure you, you've got a couple of questions to fire Tully's way. How you going, Tully? Thanks for your time. Uh, my pleasure, Randy. Just shoot uh, away. It's great to talk to you guys. Yeah, I was just going to ask you when the last time you were back home to catch up with your folks and family and friends and stuff, and yeah, when do you think you'll be able to get back home? Oh, that's a bit of a story because I was supposed to come home this year in April. Mm. Um, I had it all planned. The kids and I were flying back with my mum for her birthday. And, mm-hmm. of course, COVID hit. And uh, so the surprise ended up being telling my mum that I can't come now to surprise her for her birthday. <laughs> but, uh, so you know, we shed a few tears and everything. Um, I think when you can't do something, it kind of hits a little harder. So being told, you know, that we couldn't get back and I don't know when exactly we'll be able to get back, you know, until this all settles down. But it's been about three and a half, nearly four years, three, three to four years since uh, I was last back. So I'm definitely keen to head back to the, to the West. I, I, that's the, probably the best place to be right now. It so is, yeah. it's unfortunate I didn't get there first before you locked down. I could have been locked down <laughs> in Western Australia. Yeah, you're probably uh, missing some of your mum's favourite dishes as well, yeah? Well, well, I used to be the good old lamb roast, but I've turned vegan now. We spoke to Tanya Fisher last week, and she talked about her journey from growing up in a you know relatively small country town in WA to go on to become the the WNBL championship winner that that she did, and, and obviously she she shared in that championship with you. When you think about your beginnings back in Meriden to where you are now in mm-hmm. Indiana, and as we spoke about a couple of days ago, preparing to be part of. The, the Indiana Fevers, you know, WNBA broadcast once again. Do you just pinch yourself with how and everything you've done in between? Do you pinch yourself with where where life has taken you from from where you started? Oh, most definitely. And um, I think when I retired and had a bit of time to reflect on everything, it, I think it really hit me then. Just you know how fortunate I was to be taken where where I had with my look basketball, and, and um, you know I looked at the passport, counted up that I travelled to about fifty five countries. Um, wow. purely because of basketball and it, it it is very humbling and you know one of the things that I've always maintained is my you know my roots and everything and I just can't thank the community of Meriden enough for all the support as a kid growing up that they gave to not just myself but to my family because financially you know when you're from the country you know, you know what it's like there's a lot of travel involved mm-hmm. um, and a lot of trainings are taking you know take place in in Perth so you know there was a lot of uh, traveling back and forth uh, my mum did the, the brunt of the travel. I just slept in the back. But um, it was a huge financial burden for them. But they always found a way to get me to where I needed to be. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better support group around me, family, friends, community. So, you know, they they get a lot of the credit. And uh, it made it a lot easier for me then, obviously, to just focus on the basketball side of things. And, um, you know, it's just like 
you know, I started making one level and I was like, okay, well, let's set it, set the next goal and the next goal. And they, you know, I kept picking them off and had a few setbacks along the way with knee injuries, but um, managed to get back up and, and kind of keep progressing through the list of goals that I had. And obviously the ultimate was representing Australia. I mean, yeah. it came at, in the latest, in the latter stage of my career. And, you know, I think it just, I just, you know, try and tell, you know, the youth of today, it's like everyone develops at different ages. And just because maybe you don't succeed uh, at the very early stages of your career, it doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's over. Um, mm. And, you know, I had to push through that period. I didn't go to the AIS. I wasn't picked to be one of the, you know, players of, you know, of Australia to watch. Um, it just came with pure just blood, sweat, and determination. And, you know, yeah. you've got you got a big heart and you love what you do. Sometimes, you know, that can get you. You know, it, my thing is also, like, I knew my role in every team that I played on. Um, and role players can uh, have a 20-odd year career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Olympics. Did it make you appreciate getting there a lot more because how long you had to wait and how hard you had to work? I remember being around Damien Martin here in Perth back in 2012 when he missed out on going to London and he was just so heartbroken. But Four years later, he had put everything into getting back there, and he he was able to go to go to Rio, and it just meant the world to him. Was it similar to you, where you finally got there in two thousand eight, and and it had felt like all that hard work had been had been worth it? Uh, it was the most unbelievable feeling, and uh, for sure, most definitely. And my parents um, made the trip over as well. So mm. the very first game that we played um, hearing the national anthem, um, I think I was bawling. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, it was, even talking about it now, it just brings up the emotion. It's just yeah. something that I can like play in my head over and over, but there's nothing like hearing the national anthem, looking up into the stands, seeing your parents there, and they were there from the beginning. So it was a good circle that they were there, you know, towards the very end as well. Yeah, Tully, just going back to what we were speaking about before with the Meriden, I dare say you played for the country, then WA. How did you end up um, being at Coburn as your first sort of SBL club? How did that come, come about? Um, yeah, well, moved to the city after finishing high school. And uh, I honestly now I can't remember. I think I might have had one of um, the country players that I was a teammate with uh, go to Coburn. So I think that's how I initially got there. Um, and I remember Sue Arthur was the point guard. Denise Clements was playing. And uh, Lisa McLean was there. Um, but, I mean, I had some great players around me. And I, I was just trying to learn from Sue Arthur back in those days. And uh, that was the start of it. I think I. To be honest, it's been so long now, I can't really remember, but I, <laughs> I want to say maybe it was a, one of my country under-18 teammates that uh, was going to be playing there that uh, lured me there. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fascinated then to hear about your experiences at the, the Swan City Mustangs. We've talked a little bit about that team on the men's show. We had Glenn Ellis on, who was, who was your coach, obviously, as well. You had some great success, and, and they, they were more than happy to, to buy championship teams there at, at that time in the, in the SBL, and you got some great crowds out there, great support. What are your memories of those couple of years at the, at the, at the Mustangs? Uh, it was fun times as well, and uh, you know, I thought I'd made it uh, big time, getting fifty odd bucks yeah. a game. <laughs> I, mean, um, <laughs> I mean, back then that was huge. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, so, um, it was fun times. Glenn was a, a fun coach. I mean, everyone knew how enthusiastic he was about the game mm-hmm. of basketball and the, the Allen family is. in general. And, yeah, and um, so it was fun, and it was a great group around. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're having fun, it just kind of like helps. With um, that on court, and everyone respected each other, and yeah, it's like you, you go through a brick wall to do whatever you had to do to win. Sounds a little bit funny talking to you about your SBL career when you have a look down at the stats and you always played 500 games in the WNBA and almost 300 games in the <laughs> WNBL. And obviously, like you said, you went to the Olympics. When you when you do reflect back now, and I guess with that retirement sort of ceremony, retirement season you had with San Antonio, I'm sure that's when you did start to reflect. What what stands out to you? What achievements are you really excited about and proud of when you, you look back? Um, You know, I... Um so the ultimate, obviously, was just finally making that strength. I thought I had a chance maybe for the Athens Olympics, but that was a little disappointment when um, I didn't get a crack at that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, on a personal level, you know, being only five foot four and uh, mm-hmm. um, just a scrapper kind of player, uh, it was nice to, you know, to be awarded with some of the defensive awards that I did get. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wasn't 
you know, your big offensive player. So I had to make revolve my game around my defense. Um, and, you know, that just comes down to basically at the end of the day, hard work and just a good work ethic and effort. Um, and that's up to you individually mm-hmm. to, to take care of those things. Um, and my championship, I mean, every championship is, is awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, that's what you play the game for. So championships, um, the Seattle Storm championship in 2004, obviously, you know, I was playing alongside Lauren Jackson and we got, had ticker tape parade and, um, <laughs> I mean, the confetti, you had 20,000 people in the, in the stadium, yeah. you know, the confetti falling down. It was a pretty surreal moment as well. But, you know, unfortunately when the, the breakers won the championship, I was on the sidelines on crutches because I had just done my ACL about yeah, two weeks right. beforehand. Yeah. Um, oh, well. So, you know, it, it's always that when you talk to players that they set up with injuries on big moments like that, like, you know, you were a part of it, but it didn't feel like because, it, you know, there's that bittersweet feeling, you mm. know, because you, you weren't suited up and, you know, in on the action. So it was good to come back. And obviously I played over in Canberra for the Canberra yeah. Capitals, won, won those championships there. So I'm just grateful for every championship because players can go their whole career and not win one. So I've been very fortunate to win one, not only in Australia, but in America and also over in Europe with my Hungarian team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tully, I was just, um, I think when I was reading through your, your st- this, what you've done, how about the Kim Perrett Horsemanship Award? That must have been a real honour and a proud moment for you to win that. Uh, and and also because of the person who it was named after as well. Um, you know, Kim Perrett was a point guard like myself and somewhat similar in the way we played. Like yep. that old school kind of point guard who just made sure the ball was getting to the right player's hands, uh, very defensive oriented so that was a huge honor and thank you for reminding me because i i had yeah. really kind of forgotten about it just then but you know to kind of get that recognition in the WNBA amongst my peers and stuff yeah that that definitely is is up there as well so yeah just for the listeners, you reminding me of it yeah just for the listeners that they know it's sort of horsemanship fair play and an in integrity award which you know the way you play it like you said mentioned the peers have recognized that you play hard but you also play fair which is awesome well you know at the end of the day you know you're, you're all competing for the win but you know if you knock somebody down there's nothing wrong with picking them up um if they're on the other team as well so yeah you know it's, it's all got to be played fair and fair and what about um talking about knocking people down i think you used to like playing a little bit of afl when you were younger <laughs> <laughs> i am so disappointed i was like that started up after i uh the old knees and that won't let me do that anymore but um i am so excited and, and thrilled that that eventually brought about a women's league i i remember being the only female playing in meriden until i was about 13 and someone's father decided that uh i i shouldn't have got on the field in front of their kid and complained about it and so that was the end of my football career and you talk about one devastated you know little girl um yeah so yeah but um i i, I read up about it um obviously it has got a little bit of a press over here as well um yep. and but no it, it's awesome and they deserve everything they Great athletes. And it's good to see um, some Australian players and basketballers venturing over into the AFL as well. It goes to show what yeah. you know, amazing athletes they are to be able to convert from one sport to the other. Well, it's fascinating to think about now. If you were, if this was you know thirty years ago and there was an AFLW competition, would you choose AFL or basketball, or is, is that pretty pretty tough to to know? I don't know because um, I did love my other real mm. football. Um, my dad wanted me to actually keep playing cricket oh, but okay. um, I, that's a tough one because if it was if it was on offering back then who knows mm. might have been a different story <laughs> we might not be talking right now maybe but, um, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> yeah but no it, it's great to see that um, you know there's so much more opportunities now in all sports um, you know female cricket mm. strain teams and all the levels below that yep. it's it's just amazing. I've seen netball still up there. Um, basketball has gotten its way back up um, after kind of struggling for a little bit there. Um, so it's, you know, it looks pretty healthy back home at sport now. Well, fascinating to get your thoughts on, especially women's basketball, from when you started. Has it come a long way, both? I guess you still keep a close eye on what's happening in Australia, but especially over there in the States with the growth of the WNBA. Has it come a long way, or do you still feel like there's room still for it to, to keep growing? 
Oh, it, I mean, it's definitely come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you talk to people, you know, there's still some ways to go. But um, in, especially in the WNBA this year, there was a huge jump in salaries for the players. Yep. Once again, I retired too soon because uh, <laughs> I think their salaries basically nearly doubled with the mm-hmm. new bargaining agreement. But uh, I'm now known as a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's definitely, I mean, the marketing for the players individually now and Right now, there's you know the Black Lives Movement and social justice going on, and a lot of the players taking uh, platforms, using their platform to be more vocal um, and speak for others, and so there's a lot more attention with that, and it's bringing about positive initiatives. There's more sponsorship going on individually as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's still you know doing really good over here, but obviously there's always a lot more that can be done, but. Um, you know, by keeping the product good on the court, yep. that is going to help, obviously, with the long term and kind of just taking it to the, the next level again. And you're, yeah. you're still involved, obviously, as well on the TV commentary side of it with the Indiana Fever. How are you finding that? And, and what's it like being on, on that side of side of the desk? You know, I love doing the commentating. You know, I've, I've kind of done a bit of the commentating. I did a little bit of work with the coaching staff. Um, over the last couple of years, back to commentating now because the Fever got a whole new coaching staff, so there was kind of a bit of a cleaning of the house going on. But um, I love it. It, it. it still keeps me involved. You know, I still get out in the community here representing the Fever as well. So you know, it's always in your blood. So if I can't be out there on the court. This is the next best thing uh, with a headset on, mm-hmm. telling everybody what's going on out there. So, Tully, you sort of make your way towards an Australian player. If you sort of see her on the opposition or see him out, do you go and sort of introduce yourself, or do they know who you are already? No, I. Um, there are a few new faces, you know, the young ones that are coming through that I don't know personally, but I do go and say hi. I now know yep. Sammy Wickham a little mm-hmm. bit now. Not I never played against her, but being on the coaching staff of the Fever. I went and introduced myself and said good day to her and Rebecca Allen, who was the yep. New York Liberty. Um, so yeah, you know, you come across Australians back home and it's like we've known each other because you just enjoy talking to a fellow Australian. But every time the Aussies come through, we always, if we can't get together, you know, we'll always try and catch up before the game. You know, Sandy Brondalu, always try and catch up with her when Phoenix Mercury came into town and obviously she's doing amazing as well. The, Australian coach and yeah. I think this is like a seventh season with the Phoenix Mercury but about a champ overall but uh, yeah it, there's nothing like hearing an Aussie accent over mm-hmm. here in America although my, mine has kind of gone to a tweener accent now apparently <laughs> I, I come home and everyone tells me to stop speaking American I'm like I'm not but then I hear a few words I'm like ooh it's crept in a little bit <laughs> yeah I've got a um, I've got a very good friend that I grew up with in Murray Bridge in South Australia she's down at Louisiana State University named Sheree Hogg or Sheree Karoba oh yes yes so um, talk to her quite often and uh, yeah she's gone a long way to get in that position as well I don't think many people would know of her, particularly in, in WA, but yeah, there's a few Aussies doing some good things over there. No, I played against Hoggy, I think, there, um, towards the end of her yep. playing days. I can't remember the exact years now, but um, I do <laughs> never haven't played against her. But yeah, I've been keeping, obviously, through social media. Yep. I've been seeing her success with her, her team and everything. So, I mean, I think Australians are, are definitely regarded highly over here. Scouts are always asking about the talent coming through the Australian ranks and now coaches are coming over here and integrating into the system. So it's a, an international sport now. Yeah. Do you know where you see yourself heading in the future? Do you, or are you, are you very content and happy doing what you are doing? Would you like to move back into coaching? Would you like to become a head coach one day would you know do you have any idea what you see the next 10 15 20 years of your life what path do you see well, it yeah well i mean never say never is mm. one of my uh, great things but um you know when i since i retired i, I went off and did a, a couple of other things that were on my bucket list to do i ran the boston marathon yeah. a couple of years ago wow so um messed my body up but i did it <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i I have the kids now and, uh, you know, a lot of my time now is dedicated towards them and wanting them to have the same opportunities that I did. And, and, you know, like my mum and dad made sure whatever I wanted to do, they they got me to the place I needed to be and I want to do that for them as well. So I think that's going to take up most of my time, but you never know down the track. Mm. Things can change and, you know, you can easily adapt whatever happens. Does it does Indiana feel like home now? Is that where you feel most comfortable, or you know, you, you know, like you said, you never know what could happen. Yeah. But right now, does it feel like home? It does, and I think one of the things that appealed to me about Indiana is it has that country feel about it. Like mm. you can drive 
10 minutes out of the city and you got cornfields. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're known for over yeah, here is yeah. their basketball and their corn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's just on a you know bigger scale population-wise than Perth, but it just reminds me of back home, back in the country, and um, things are a little bit more laid back. And uh, I'm not a city, city person like New York or, you know, I love Seattle, stay there, but it's not a, not a place I could see myself long term, but Indiana was definitely a good fit for me. I wanted to ask you about your family life as well. You've touched on touched on your two kids, you touched touched on your partner, and obviously you, you've been through a lot together to get to this happy place that you are now. Um, what's what's family and home life like like for you? Ah, uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> my wife is a police officer. Oh wow! So I'm in a kind of a unique situation um, here, and um, and my daughter is biracial. So. Mm. In, in a kind of like a educating phase, then, but family life is great. Like, I mean, we used to run a gym prior to Lindsay being a, becoming a police officer. We ran a boot camp facility for eight years, mm. and the kids basically grew up in that around fitness and uh, made a lot of friends through that. But you know, there came a point in time where we had to think long term, and unfortunately, the insurance situation over here is not great. So, mm. found a job that got a really good insurance, yeah. saved us a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, we. We had to do a big kind of change of about with, with what we were doing on the, the professional front. So that's when I then took a backward stance and became the, the stay-at-home mum and added in the commentary duties, which yeah. uh, don't take me away too much from the kids. So it's kind of like a perfect fit right now. No, fantastic. Obviously, a lot going on right now, especially in regards to, I guess, police <laughs> police officers with the whole Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. There are they? a yeah. lot of good ones out there of too. Of course, of um, course. You know, so there, it's... It, 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 I, you know, I'm all for the changes that are needed and changes that are needed within, you know, the police, the policing as well. You know, there are bad apples, um, unfortunately, in uh, the police uh, departments over here. So, you know, hopefully, you know, those can be weeded out and um, re-education and retraining can be done for the future police officers coming through. Um, but I just know, obviously, what Lindsay goes through, and it is tough and. They do deal with a, a lot of issues and situations, and there are some things that they will never get out of their their head. So yeah, yeah it's tough for them as well. Tully, what um, what sort of hobbies do you have for a little bit of downtime for yourself? You sort of play any sport or anything like that? You play some golf or I do love my golf. Mm. Yes, I have top golf facility about ten minutes from my home. So um, whilst it not, might not be uh, an eighteen hole round of golf, it is so much fun and uh, it's a great social event as well. But I do love golf. That's probably one of the main things. Um, but I also like to get on the bike and uh, do a little bit of riding. We've got some great trails around here. And then apart from that. I I just do some short distance running now, you know, a couple of miles here and there. Yeah. Just to keep myself fit. Well, you Got said, to keep up with these young ones. You said you ran the Boston Marathon a couple of years back. Is that is that a one and done thing? Are you going to let your body 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 off the hook and not do any more marathons? Oh yeah, that was a one and done thing. <laughs> um I didn't realise how much it was gonna take out of me mm. and it just happened to be the worst conditions for mm. any Boston Marathon. It was 30 miles per hour winds coming out of headwinds, and yeah. um, it was so cold and it rained <laughs> the whole time. Like, and for the race, you are faster like the starting location where you kind of sit and wait for an hour before your starting time. And you know, everyone, we all were covered in garbage bags so that you didn't get your shoes wet or your clothes wet before you actually started running. I mean, because of the rains, everything mm. was muddy. It was it was just crazy and. <laughs> At mile, at, uh, I think it was basically at the halfway point. I was doing pretty good. I was tracking along at a eight eight thirty pace, yeah. and all of a sudden my knee just blew up. Oh wow! And people, yeah, the people that were tracking me on on you know the the apps and mm. stuff, all of a sudden they could see me go from eight minutes thirty a mile, and then the next mile shot up to about fifteen minutes. <laughs> but you know it was like if you don't cross the line, I'm not going to get my medal. Yeah. Um, and I think about five thousand runners were pull from the race because of hypothermia. Oh, wow. But in my head, it was like, I just got to keep moving, just got to keep moving. So, you know, I kind of got to a bit of a trot. Um, but the crazy thing is, 
I actually enjoyed the race mm -hmm. more when I had to slow down. Mm -hmm. I was able to take in the atmosphere. Uh, people from the, uh, you know, people that came out for the race to cheer you on were handing us coffees and chocolate and all sorts of snacks and stuff and cheering you on. And it, you know, I just enjoyed it at the mm -hmm. end there. And I was like, why am I beating myself up about a time? I got nothing to prove to myself anymore because oh. I'm here. And so, yeah, made it past the finish line and, um, then I nearly collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they, well uh, going through that, it probably in. made it an even better achievement to, to finish. Well, then the worst part is you had to walk nearly half a mile to find um, your family and stuff. <laughs> and by then they had brought in buses because yeah. it was so cold. They were getting the runners straight into the buses to warm their bodies up. But, you know, I, I had to find my family. So um threw on the old blankets to, <laughs> that they provided. And, yeah, but ex I mean, you saw, that's another amazing experience yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, now you see it on, how, you just realize how big of a deal it is. Yeah, for sure. Did you happen to run the race with Lindsay, Sully? No, no. She's not a, a distance runner. She's a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you're talking to us back here in Perth, Tully, and any time you mention your name in basketball circles back here and, and everyone just thinks of what a legend you are and you go to Perth Lynx Games and you have a look at your number 41 hanging up from the rafters. Probably difficult for you to comment on but are you proud that you've left such a legacy back in, in your hometown? I am because I just hope that, you know, the kids growing up in the country can see what they can achieve sure. um, regardless of where you live and the population of your town or, you know, some of the limitations that you do have but it, it it just goes to show, and I know there's been quite a few coming out of Meriden that have, mm. you know, Aussie rules football, um, cricket. So, you know, I'm, I think I'm basketball that has come through there, but there have been a lot of other sports. So mm. it's, uh, it, it's, it's nice to kind of like leave that legacy, but it is kind of still surreal, I mm. must admit. But it is nice, you know, my, I think my best, um, promotional or my PR guy is my son, Parker. One more basketball question I wanted to ask because you, your your defense is legendary and you have a look at the fact that you're, what is it, a, a six-time all-defensive team in the WNBA, a four-time WNBL Defensive Player of the Year. Who were the toughest players to guard? Who, did, who, who gave you some nightmares or who did you really enjoy the challenge of trying to, to stop? Definitely Sue Bird, but thankfully I got to be her teammate for a couple of years, mm. but um, just because she was so smart, mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't so much she was, uh, I mean, it was just, yeah, just how smart she was, and I always thought I had a chance of stopping her, but um, just her, her craftiness um, got the edge on uh, most of the occasions, but Becky Hammond yeah. was another one who is now um, one of the assistant coaches with the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Um, she was another one, just, uh, you know, she was basically my height, I mean, just crazy offensive skills and just the way she uses screens and, you know, just having to chase around those. And, you know, it was always my goal to keep them under their averages. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a victory when I could do that. You always knew they were going to score, but it was a matter of, okay, well, let's set a goal that we'd like to keep them under because then that, you know, puts the pressure on their other teammates then to pick up the slack. Um, but, I, you know, I always loved the mismatches. Mm -hmm. I always loved them when we had the play switching defense and um, I'd end up on the big post yeah. because, you know, their eyes light up, calling for the ball, <laughs> yeah. thinking that, uh, you know, this is easy two points here. And, um, you know, it, it, because I was a pretty strong and I was low base, mm. um, I could hold my own down there. So they were the fun mismatches um, for me was keeping those big girls uh, in check. Is there anyone you see today that you would love the chance to, to try to stop if, if you were back in your prime? Oh dear! Um, oh god, the, the players now coming through is just so quick. Mm. Like the game has picked up yeah. so much. Um, it's yeah, it's such a different style. You know, I'd, I mean, I'd still go with some of the players that are still playing, like you die in the terrace. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's amazing what she's know, still doing. Greatest of all time. What was that? Sorry. Yeah, it's amazing what she's still able to do. Yes, and you know she's come back from back surgery last yeah. year, and you know got herself in some great form. I mean. You know, she's out there, I think, 38, but, you know, you take care of your body and stuff like that. You can, well, I think I was 41 when I finally retired. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so probably, like, just having another crack at, you know, your Diana Taurasi's with I, I really enjoy those kind of, like, assignments. And obviously, Michelle yeah. Timms back in the day. Oh, the absolutely, yeah. Great Aussie point yeah. guard. Um, that would have been awesome. It was awesome to watch. Uh, she was always, you know, the one that we always 
looked up to and wanted to be like and you know played against her um when she was with the Phoenix Mercury and um then I had the privilege of being her teammate when she was a part of the the waste breakers yeah you know you, you learn so much just training against players like herself absolutely how's your body these days could you still go out there and play well, um, my right knee is, I have osteoarthritis in my right knee. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had a herniated disc in my neck that I actually had surgery for uh, last October. It was pressing, kind of getting too close to my spinal cord and mm. uh, ended up in the ER a couple of times with excruciating pain down oh, my wow. back. So we realized what the problem was. Um, had to get that taken care of. But um, look, I can still get out there and do stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, have accepted the fact that as you get older, nothing is pain-free. <laughs> and then tack on to that, obviously, all the playing days and injuries and surgeries, um, you know, it just means I get an extra glass of red wine at the end of the day to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have taken a few charges and uh, the old body would have um, popped a bit of a hiding there, Tully, just with the way you play. You would have been on the floor and... It catches up to you, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. You don't, you don't, uh, you think you're invinci- invincible. Um, and, you know, you, you hear it said that, you know, down the track, but you don't think it's ever going to happen to you. But that's why, you know, it's so important now for players just to take care of their bodies throughout their whole career um, and do the right thing when it comes to injuries and, and just kind of getting the the right workout place to kind of get that strength up to even prevent those injuries from happening. Just, yep. just one last one from me, and then I'll, I'll let it, Randy ask you one last question too, and then we'll, we'll let you go. Mm-hmm. What awards or trophies or memorability do you have from your basketball career up in your house? Do you have anything on display? What, what, is, what, is, some, I, what is some of your proudest things? I do. Well, I do, but it was done for me. So okay. I don't want, you know, I didn't put them all up myself. <laughs> they were done for me. So I have all my WNBA jerseys framed mm-hmm. and on the wall with the Australian with also my Australian bodysuit yeah. um, and my Olympic my Olympic medals up on the top, my my medals as well, a couple of my medals. And I do have still my Breakers bodysuit and um, my Canberra Capitals jersey, but unfortunately I, I don't have enough wall space to <laughs> put everything on. So they're still around, lying around. But, but yeah, they all those jerseys were, were, were a big surprise uh, frames for me and um, wow. put up on the wall. So it's... It, you know, it, it is quite surreal. Again, yeah, as I said, yes. going into this particular room and um, was it Lindsay that did all that the jerseys out there? Yes, she did. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Just a final one, Tully. Before we let go, I just wanted to thank you for your time and um, you know, it's fantastic to speak to you. And I, I hope that you can get back and see your folk reasonably soon. I hope things uh, ease off a little bit over there, and you can get back here and uh, catch up with your family and friends. Well, I definitely can't wait, and maybe we can uh, have another chat when I get back. But um, I don't think too many countries are taking anyone from the U.S. at the moment, yeah. so it might be a little while, unfortunately. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I echo those statements. It'll be, be fantastic to catch up with you when you when you do come back. But yeah, I mean, it was a, a massive thrill for us for you to join us here on SBL Shoot Around. We couldn't, we can't thank you enough for you being so generous with your time. And almost words don't don't quite don't quite describe how how thankful we are. So we might have to find another way to thank you one day. But yeah, we'll, we'll try and get you some sort of reward when you come back to Perth. And we've got some great sponsors here. We might be able to get you a voucher or two, Randy. But for for now, Tully, thanks. For, <laughs> thanks. Oh uh, look, a nice glass of red wine is all. Nice glass of red wine uh, together. That'll do. Well, well, Randy's Randy's the man. I'm sure you've got something there in your warehouse, Randy. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> no problem. We will do that, Tully. If you make your way back, we'll uh, I'll find you a nice bottle of red wine. Sounds like a plan. Well, I, I really appreciate guys for uh, reaching out. I know it took a, a, a couple of weeks there to get this sorted out, but uh, I, I appreciate you reaching out. No, absolutely. Thanks very much for talking to us, and yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch again soon, I'm sure. But for now, thanks very much for joining us. All right, Thanks. you guys have a great day. <laughs> you, you too. Thanks very much. Okay, Rand, it's tough to come down from the high of that. Speaking to somebody the calibre of Tully Bever like we're here on SBR Shoot Around It, it's going to be tough to top. 
yeah, legend, you know, that uh, word's used a little bit loosely these days, you know, with um, people, but uh, she's an absolute unbelievable player and great story and legend of our of our game. She absolutely is. So I hope you all enjoyed our chat with her and, and thanks again to Tully for being so generous with her time from the other, other side of the world. It, yeah, I, we just couldn't be more appreciative. So I, I hope you all enjoyed that. But let's keep moving on SBL shoot around. It's round three of the West Coast Classic, and we're pretty tied in our tips so far. We're going to keep track of them throughout the season so far, Randy. So after the first round, I was two in front of you, and then we didn't even have one different last week. So so you had no chance of catching up. So I'm two ahead of you. So we'll see how we go after this weekend. We've got seven more games to look forward to, and it starts on Friday night. The Perth Redbacks hosting the East Perth Eagles. Yep, I'm going to go for the Redbacks in in this one. From what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, I've seen both of these teams. So I think they'll just have way too much height and, and strength for the Eagles. Yeah, really tough to disagree. So I'll go the Redbacks as well. This one's an interesting one. The Joondalup Bulls, so far undefeated. Calamundra Eastern Suns are the same because they had the bye late last weekend. But going back to round one, they had they had two really solid wins. So they play up at HBF Arena. Yeah, we'll give Calamunda a, a good guide on where they're, where they're going at, at the moment. Uh, just being up at Joondalup, I think it gives gives them the edge over over the Suns. Yeah, I, I think the Wolves too, but I think it'll be close. So yeah. I think it'll be a good game. Yep. Last up, Friday night, Willerton Basketball Stadium. This is a really good game too. Real toss of the coin in my mind. Willerton Tigers, Perry Lakes Hawks. Yeah, this is a tough one, isn't it? Um, I might go for the Tigers just because mm-hmm. they're at, at home. I've tipped the Hawks quite a bit over the last couple of rounds. And, and they've been up and down. Yeah, they've been quite mixed. And I mean, not the same as Willerton, I suppose. I've tipped them the first two weeks. So I'll just go for them because they're at home. And I'll, I'll go for Perry Lakes just to disagree with you. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, okay, Saturday. First up. Really good for both of these teams for whoever wins because it's tough when you're getting thumped every week, but whoever wins will take a lot of confidence out of this. They play at Herb Graham Recreation Centre there at Mirabuka, East Perth Eagles, Southwest Slammers. Yeah, it probably depends a little bit on who plays on both teams. Yep. I mean, who if the Slammers, a couple of their veteran players mm-hmm. in Bayless and Fielding come up the road, then that'll give them the edge, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to tip the Slammers in a, in a very close game. Okay, I might go East Perth just because they're at home and this stage, it, uh, we're, we're on short, maybe especially on a Saturday night, Fielding and Bayless look a little bit probably less likely to play than maybe the Friday night game, yeah. so, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, but yeah, East Perth for me. Perry Lakes Hawks, the Mandra Magic at Bendat. Uh, Perry Lakes, I think, will be too tall for the Mandra Magic. So I think, you know, Hawks playing the night before, they might be a little bit jaded, but uh, I just think they'll get over the top of them just with their pure size. Yeah, I think the Hawks as well. Now, this game is clearly the game of the round. This could be a grand final preview based on what we've seen seen so far. The Warwick Senators at home at Warwick Stadium to the Joondalup Wolves. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Senators in this. Um, I think Wolves need to find somebody to stop Stacey Barr. She'll relish the opportunity of playing a, a team like the Wolves. And uh, so I reckon the Senators prob- probably by about six, mm-hmm. six or eight points. Yeah, I think it'll be close as well. For me, the Wolves are one of those teams right now where I'm not going to tip against them until I've got a reason yeah, to. So yeah, I'll, go, I'll go for the Wolves. Last up, Coburn Cougars. At home to the Lakeside Lightning. I'm going to keep tipping the Lakeside Lightning until they lose now because, yep. Um, yep. yeah, I've got that totally wrong with the way they're going. <laughs> so they're definitely rolling. So they're Lightning for me. Yeah, Lakeside for me as well. They're certainly playing playing very good basketball. And when Craig Mansfield mentioned that Steve Bazan in his rookie season as a coach could be coach of the year, mm. he might not be too far off the mark. No, he's flying. So there we go. We'll we'll keep track of that and come back next week with all the results here on SBL Shootaround. And make sure you get out to a game if you can this weekend. The crowds have been really good over the first two weeks. You're seeing some good basketball action. And we need to support these players who are, are really putting themselves on the line to get out, get out on the court. They're playing for nothing. They're mm. playing for their love of basketball. So get out there and, and support them. Now, thanks again for supporting us here on SBL Shootaround as well. And have a look at our guests in recent weeks. And you have a look at Mel Marsh and Tully Bevelacqua and Tanya Fisher. And they're all greats of, of basketball here in WA. And when we look to next week, Randy, we've already got two very special guests that are going to be joining us here in the studio. And I'm, I'm already really excited. A little bit nervous as well because one of these man that is coming in is pretty intimidating fella um <laughs> but he's got a pretty handy daughter as well can you fill us in so yeah really excited to have uh, des kelly in uh, obviously a championship winner and uh, her father uh, vince kelly mvp of the league leading scorer of all time in the men's sbl so can't wait to have them on board yeah and to have them in the studio they're going to be joining us for the whole show i mean it's going to be fantastic just to hear their insights on the game hear what sort of banter goes on between a, a daughter and a father as well and 
and somebody that played against against Vince as well for you. I'm sure there's some old stories you can dig up as well. Yeah, always looked up to Vince. He was a you know fantastic player, just an accumulator of points. But he played the game fair, and you know, um, yeah, I can't wait to to have a chat to him. And also, you know, obviously Des, and hopefully they can have a tell us a few stories, yeah. just not you know basketball stories, but the stories of of their daily lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be fascinating. Really looking forward to it. As for Des, what would you like to coach against? Because she's one of those players that I feel like sometimes she holds herself back a little bit because she's got all of the natural ability in the world. Maybe she defers to her teammates a little bit and she wants to bring her teammates into the game, but anytime she wants to dominate a game, she's got all of the tools to do it. Yeah, yeah that's what I would, I'd, I'd suggest. I think uh, when she gets rolling, she's pretty hard to stop. Yeah. You know, she's got a beautiful jump shot. Um, you know, she's always in the game. Like she's, I think she led the league in steals last year, Could've, if I'm yeah. correct, and yeah. maybe was in the all defensive side or something like that. So she can board. So yeah, no, great player. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. So we've had Tully Beverlacqua this week. We had Tanya Fisher last week. And now we've got Des Kelly and Vince Kelly next week. So, yeah, it's, it's just an incredible amount of fun that we're having here on SBL Shootaround. Thanks to everyone that's tuning in to listen. I hope that I hope that everyone's enjoying listening to it as much as we are enjoying bringing it to you. And thanks to our great supporters, Bassett Scarf Realty and also Wandering Distillery as the sponsors of our Player of the Week Award. Been a massive show. I mean, I, I just hope that you've all, you've all enjoyed listening to it as much as we have. We've had a hell of a lot of fun again this week, and I'll wrap it up. I'm Chris Pike, and looking forward to some more West Coast Classic action this weekend. But before I leave you, I'll leave you with the wise words of Randy Meagle. Yeah, I'm pretty much just the same as what you're saying there, Chris. Just shout out to everyone who's given us uh, a mention about the show. I've run into quite a few people at, at games and around the basketball circles at the moment, and uh, they're really in, enjoying it. Give a shout out to my mother. She's uh, given me a call you know, after every week and is loving our show. I think the first show she asked me whether I, would, I had the, had, a, had a flu because <laughs> I, I was sniffing all the time. But uh, particular first show, I was really, really nervous. That's all, all it was. But it's a typical mother, you know, looking yeah. after her son. And also we've still got, you know, probably a good seven or eight weeks here to go. So we're still looking for people to support us, come on board. I think uh, the 91.3 FM is really good uh, advertising for anyone that wants to, to see us through to the, to the end of this. So give us a call or send us a message through social media and we can make it happen.